Okay. I'm recording now, so. That's it. This is uh this is the review. That's all I have to say. Yep. We're recording. Yep. We're recording and uh, I have nothing to say about this movie. <laughs> four hours you got nothing to say honestly i think i'm gonna like let you kind of lead the charge on this conversation because if i'm being honest with you 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 watched it more recently than me first of all because oh. i yeah. i i watched it the day it launched which was what like two weeks ago now and like better March better late than never right but uh I, and even then I was forgetting the first hour of the movie in hour three of the movie. So I'm going to kind of let you lead the charge on this one. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cause all right. No pressure there. Yeah. What, what, I don't know. What'd you think of the movie overall? I guess. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. Kind of the middle area of all right. Like a soft three stars, yeah. Out of out of five, yeah. Okay, I was like three out of ten. That's that's very low. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're all in movie criticism. There's only five stars in the whole world, in the whole galaxy. Yeah, it's uh, Johnny Depp, uh, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons. Uh, anyway, the jo- uh, the joke is over. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like. To me, my my impression of it when I watched it was, hey, this is better than I was expecting. Um, especially like the first, I guess, half of the movie. I was like, this is kind of interesting. They, they seem to have taken the scenes that worked and expanded them a bit. Uh, and they added a bunch of scenes of like uh, uh, Cyborg that... that yeah really worked for me like they they really emphasize not only does he have more of like a reason like you see him being a hero more but you you also realize wow this guy is a demigod like this guy is legit and his powers are enormous which i don't think i really got that impression from the whedon cut like the, the most we got from the Whedon cut was that like oh like you're getting new abilities every day like oh you can fly now or like you can punch super hard or you can yeah like, like sneak into Wonder Woman's DMs but you're um, a metal man yeah where this one is like oh you can play with the stock market like it like it was a yo yo or you could lo- log into any security system on the planet to look at this woman on the bus and shopping and give her money yeah 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 there's even that scene in the movie where where he just goes into their this lady this random lady's bank account and just gives them money like yeah that whole scene like that is actually like a standout scene for me just like i was like whoa that is that's very well done like i did not expect a scene like that the thing that kind of soured it for me though that um so like shortly after that scene is when Diane tries to reach out to him and it's like, oh, like we need to talk about Justice League to like save the world. And he's like, fuck the world, which I don't know. That didn't really vibe with the kind of character they established in that yeah. scene of him, like wanting to help that woman. Like no one would really say fuck the world when they also like want to help someone the way they did with all that power. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like Snyder's inconsistencies. Like he he is so he is so like that in every movie he makes. He's like that where his characters are just so inconsistent. He cares way more about making a movie look cool and having an interesting sort of premise. But yeah. like he always the characters are always second to him it seems at least that's my impression like every movie i've watched it just seems like character to him comes second it always seems like an afterthought yeah exactly and in this movie and even in the the joss whedon cut like what the whole status of what the world feel or what the world or what certain characters like bruce wayne what their 
feelings towards Superman is. It's very inconsistent. Where in Batman v Superman, is like, oh, like, he's a hero, but also he's a threat to the planet. Like, does the world need a Superman? Like, oh, like, all this stuff. It's a, it's a topic of debate. It's like, oh, like, Superman exists. So what do we do now? And as soon as he's gone, everyone treats it like he was always beloved, like, throughout the whole time, especially with Bruce Wayne in this and the original cut, where he's like, oh, the world needs Clark. Like, oh, like, like everyone misses Superman. I miss Superman. But... The last movie you treated him like he was absolutely going to be a threat. Yeah. Also like the concept of time is weird in this movie. Like like how long has it been since yeah. the old Superman has died? Cuz uh yeah, I guess that that would probably be the case if Superman died and he died heroically, everyone would kind of be like, "Yeah, that's cool." You know, you don't know what you have till it's gone, you know, sort of thing. What were we saying? Oh, yeah. Concept of time. Yeah, it's just it it confuses me uh, because it seems like they took some time to, like, get everyone together to build the league. But then it also at the same time feels like it's been like a day since he died. I, I don't I don't know. It's very confusing. Like it seemed, it's unimportant, I guess. But like, it's just it 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 is, but it is unimportant. But it's just it's kind of weird where it like this this cut at least, or even the movie in general takes place soon enough after his death that like Steppenwolf is like, oh, there's no Kryptonian to defend this planet. Now is our time to strike. But also soon after, like later after the fact, enough that people could be like, oh, I miss him. Like, oh, he's been gone. Like, the world is ravaged now that he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very strange. I will say, though, like, everything I liked from the Whedon cut, I've come to realize was Snyder stuff. Like, um, like the, the scene where, like, Superman sort of sees Flash when Flash is in that weird, like, sort of, flash zone yeah. or whatever and he like kind of sees him running that was a snyder thing also like the scene with flash where uh batman throws the batarang at him like i like that scene in the original version too minus the brunch thing and they took the brunch thing out and yeah, it, and it it brings up like a, a question sorry uh but like it brings up this question of like did they just like re- do reshoots just like hey guys come back we're gonna go back to this place that we already were just to record like one piece of dialogue. That's just like a joke. No, they just took Ezra Miller and took him to like a green screen room and put him in the same costume to just record that against a green screen of that set and then have old footage of Ben Affleck reacting to a line that he's not hearing. (laughs) And no way. You think that's true? No, it's true. Like, even because... No. no. The no. thing about... Because I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to watch the the Justice League before or after the Snyder Cut. But I felt like watching it before, so I think the contrast would be starker. Right. And, yo, holy shit. Like, back to... Well, watching the Snyder Cut and the, the Justice League back-to-back is a really good lesson in what like a movie studio what like what executives think makes a good movie like what makes it more commercially viable what makes it like audience pleasing which of course like making the tone lighter making it a lot shorter and like adding a lot more jokes yeah I, i'm sure it's just they were like hey you see what marvel's doing right now where they're just all their movies are basically a giant joke even even like endgame where it's a pretty serious topic, like half the world is dead. There's a lot of jokes in there and a lot of funny jokes even. Um, But I I think the difference between that and this is the people directing that movie from the, from the get go are known for directing comedies. Like that's their thing or like Taika Waititi. Like that guy is a, he's a comedian. Like that's why it's funny. Like that's his style. But yeah. Snyder's style is not that, you know, like, like him directing comedy is 
coming from the perspective like, oh, I have to make a grand epic and grand epics usually have moments of levity and like comedy. So I have to come to it from that place, not so much a place of actual comedy. Yeah, because there is a, there is a couple like jokes, not like haha jokes, but like, you know, there's a couple jokes in this version that I yep. think feel more natural and like fit the the tone of the movie. Because that they is landed, that is ended a lot better here than they did in Batman vs Superman, as far and few between as they were. Like the whole I part when Batman, joke at all in those movies. No, when Batman saves Martha um, from the oh yeah flamethrower, he's like, "Oh, I'm a friend of your son." I could tell because oh, of the cape. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was that for? Yeah, that was weird. I think that was that like, was a. Uh, like um, I thought she was with you. I I think that was uh, Snyder, like being like, okay, the 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 um, the problem's been resolved now. The, the tension's broken. Yeah, the tension's already broken. So now let's joke. Even though Batman just murdered like twenty dudes out in the hallway a like couple seconds ago, a huge crate <laughs> at a guy's head, and then just blood spattering on the back. Yeah, yeah, but. Sidetrack, my favorite part in all of Batman vs. Superman is when you first see Batman and he's behind that dude and he's like crept up against the corner of the ceiling like the fucking Jim Carrey Grinch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I will say the plot of this movie was really hard to follow. I don't know if that was just me, but like I... I... I felt like there was a lot of things that were just like, uh, he needs the this equation, and it's like, why? And it's like, well, that's the equation that does the thing. And it's like, why does it do the thing? Because it does. And it's like, these mother boxes summon this thing, and it's like, why do they do that? Because that's what they do. And it's like, but what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, both cuts tell... have pretty much the exact same plot like the exact same story just sort of, one yeah. is overly long like the one the one is the word for the snyder cut is indulgent definitely definitely and you like, know i will i will say i'm okay with that for this particular film because that's kind of what we signed up for going into it i think like we all knew yeah. Like there were so many scenes in there that um, I think even like if Snyder released this theatrically, he would have cut a lot of the scenes out, like a lot of, or or he would have condensed some of them. Like he would have made that decision even if he was releasing a theatrical cut of this movie. Um, but yeah. since it was this HBO Max thing, he's like, I if I shot it, it's staying in. <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. editing a goddamn thing. Like in people fact, are gonna watch this at home and pause it at their leisure. So if they're gonna have this time to watch it, I'm gonna give them stuff to watch. I, I, I think like the greatest example of that is the prologue of the movie, which I think is equally or easily the worst part of the movie. Um or or the the end, right? The, uh, the epilogue. The epilogue, I'm sorry. Yeah. The the epilogue of the movie was easily the worst part of the movie. Cause it just felt so tacked on and, and so much so that like Snyder definitely just kept things in because he's like, I shot it and I'm keeping it because yeah. I heard um, that scene with uh, Martian Manhunter at the end yeah, was originally supposed to be green lantern, but yeah. this, the studio was like, no. And he's like, okay, well I'll just, I'll put in Martian Manhunter. And it's like, why don't you just cut it out, you weirdo? Like, just don't yeah. put it in the movie. It's such a weird thing. And, like, that scene between... I don't know how you feel about it, but the scene between Batman and Joker in that Nightman, Nightmare universe, I fucking hated it. And to no, me, me, to me, to me, it confirmed that Jared Leto was never going to be a good Joker. Like, I thought it yeah. was horrible and just so ham-fisted and, like, just not even enjoyable at all. I don't like, know. The epilogue really did end the movie with a sour taste in my mouth because like like the end of the part before it where it's like, oh, they're all standing triumphantly, like, all right, good. That's a good place to end it. Then epilogue. Oh, okay, I guess they gotta do that. Then they had 
the actual ending where it shows each of the members doing what they're doing with um, Cyborg's dad's recording voiceover. And like ends with like Superman showing his shirt, like ripping his shirt and everything. Then you had what was like the post credit scene with Lex Luthor and uh, in a dark Deathstroke and everything. I'm like, okay, give it that. Then it just goes to the nightmare stuff, which is a really weird juxtaposition where the scene before it is like, oh, like it's Deathstroke. Like he's with Lex Luthor. Like, oh, I know Batman's real name is Bruce Wayne. Ha ha, I'm going to go get him. The very next scene is them like being buddy, buddy, working together in the nightmare realm or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this, this nightmare stuff is going on for too long. It's kind of boring and dumb. And then he wakes up from that and there's more movie. Like it's one of those movies, like does this movie have an ending? And it kind of brought me back a bit more. Turns out it does. Yeah. It brought me back a bit more after the nightmare stuff with the Martian Manhunter scene, because I just really like Martian Manhunter and I like that actor. But yeah, yeah, but, it, but it made the me, movie feel to well, me that like too well overly long. That Martian Manhunter scene, you know, that, that feels like a, a big reveal, but like we had already gotten that big reveal earlier in the movie with Martian Manhunter. Yeah. You know, with, and, uh, with, with Martha Manhunter. Yeah, with Martha. And also, I will say, I really like that scene between uh, with Martha and uh, Lois. And yeah. I feel like her turning out to be Martian Manhunter kind of ruined that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was like, what? Because that was, to me, that's like, oh, that's like an emotional moment between a widow and, you know, his widowed mom, you know, or her widowed mom or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kind of puts the thought in your mind that like, are all the other parts that you see Martha Kent in the movie is she also Martian Manhunter there? Like when she sees when she's Clark loving on Kent, yeah, yes, Clark or like whatever. Is, yeah, is that Martian Manhunter? I don't think so. I, I God, I hope not. Then, then, then if if it wasn't, then where was she actually throughout this movie? But my question is, what the fuck needs to happen? for martian manhunter to like join the battle like what else needs to happen for this man to be like okay i'm gonna hop in there and help out like yeah so you're right like um man of steel like general zod is right like terraforming the earth he's like no i'm not going to do anything then um batman or superman doomsday and like lex luther like well superman dies it's like then in this movie, Steppenwolf and like all these parademons are threatening to destroy the planet. Maybe I'll help out next time. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. It's such a weird because, like, Flash, it makes sense. It's like this guy, he's just some dumb kid. He doesn't really understand his powers fully. Uh, you know, he has, he has a different prerogative. He wants to go into criminal justice, right? And and Cyborg wasn't a thing until recently. And, yeah. and Wonder Woman was there in Batman v Superman. Um, yeah. And, you know, to our knowledge, she was probably in like England or whatever when when the stuff was going down with Zod. So maybe she's just... like a museum curator. And, she, you know, I guess she can fly. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I like that's the thing about Wonder Woman in general, like even outside of these movies, like can she fly sometimes? Like depends on is, who's telling the story, she, I guess. Exactly. Is she depicted more often being able to fly than not or vice versa? But I, I think 1984 like came out in 2020. Yeah, came out last year. But like I, that movie says she can fly now. Right, because like Steve Trevor yes. is like, oh yeah, fly! I can fly this very modern jet, even though I've never seen any of these controls. Um, even though I'm inhabiting this, yeah. presumably stranger's body. Yeah. Oh, dude, and she sleeps with him. We're not talking about Wonder Woman, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what was like a what was like a standout scene to you? I guess what was like the scene that you're like, oh, that was pretty fucking good because I've got one of those for sure. See, for yeah. me, it was. It was, let's see, let me think, because there's a lot of movie. Um, yeah, the cyborg part where he's, like, showing, like, grace onto that um, woman by, like, giving her all that money. Um, the flash, not Quicksilver scene was cool. Like, just because, like, oh, like, he's so fast, he, like, destroys his shoes. Like, that was a cool shot. Um, 
I just like Martian Manhunter. Um, what else we got? To to me, the the my like standout scene, even though it was kind of a weird one, but I liked it a lot. It's probably my favorite scene of the entire movie, and and ultimately, I think like it's worth watching this movie for this scene. And it's that scene with the flash, which you sort of mentioned there with the, with the shoes ripping off where he's like yeah. in the dog shop and he has to save, uh, uh what's her name? Uh, something, uh, West. I, I forget Iris her. West. Yeah. I think that's it. I, I forget her name. I, I should know these things. I have like a huge flash collection, but, um, like that scene to me was like awesome. Like, and like the music selection was perfect <laughs> for a Snyder yeah. movie and like it's all slow-mo like Flash is such a perfect character for Snyder because the whole thing is slow like slow motion that's yeah. like his thing so like that's the perfect like I would love to see a Flash movie directed by Snyder Snyder shouldn't have gotten Superman he should have gotten Flash someone else should have gotten Superman you know give, give but, Flash all the Jesus allegories yeah well yeah, Snyder is obsessed with that too, isn't he? That's in all of his yeah. movies too. Uh, yeah, which I will say, this Snyder cut is probably the most, like, like the most I've been able to stomach a Snyder movie. I agree. Yeah, like, like as much as I, I, I kind of like Man of Steel. Like, there's not as much to it, and just by this movie's length, there's a lot more going on in Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah, yeah, there's. There, there's like some interesting character stuff that I still wish it was more fleshed out and made more sense in this movie. But yeah. like compared to Man of Steel, where it's like, uh, "Son, don't save me. I'm gonna <laughs> die now." Don't, it's don't just save the kids on the bus. It's just like it feels like Snyder just like missed the point of Superman. Or maybe he didn't miss the point of Superman and he wanted to turn it on its head. And I'd believe that too. Um, but but I, I am inclined to believe that Snyder just has a has a hard time understanding source material, especially with like Watchmen, where like he just completely yeah. missed the point. Like he got the visuals down and the visuals are so cool in that movie. But like he completely misses the point of what that movie is. It's like, these people aren't gods. These people aren't like super powered. And, but like he, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to make them super powered. I'm going to make them super cool. And you know, like Snyder is just, I I feel like he's just so caught up in making things look cool. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm not so sure if I would say that like, he doesn't get the point of source material. He just tackles it in a different and more often than not poor way. Yeah. And that, like, he gets the source material and, like, he can understand it fine. He just chooses not to stick to it. He sees it as, like, a starting off point. Which which is fine. Yeah, I it's think. perfectly fine. That's it's, what the MCU does, you know? And, like, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But, like... Snyder putting his Snyderiness, like, him himself as a director, not DC, not the material. Right. And, and obviously, I don't have a problem with that because, uh, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy is really not based on anything it's like loosely based on on dark knight rises or whatever or yeah. dark knight returns but like it, it it's not it's not at all it's its own thing really and uh yeah but i think snyder like more like through a lot of aesthetics and through a lot of story beats is very much wanting to like adapt or even elicit memories of very specific like moments in comics and stories like in Batman vs Superman you had like Doomsday and like the death of Superman and right like his whole approach to Batman is like Dark Knight Returns and everything and you know this, and, this kind of go ahead this, sorry this, this this kind of brought me to the point that I really wanted to bring up in this video which is the only the only time I'm going to mention live action Disney remakes in this video <laughs> is that for me, like a lot of the problems with live action Disney remakes are that they kind of rely on your memory and your recall of the original in order to get the emotional response out of the remake that it wants you to have. So like, for example, in the Mulan remake, they play like, oh, the song reflection in the score, which if you're watching it 
like just the remake by itself, you're like, oh, that's nice music. Like that's that's the theme established for this movie. But the movie wants you to remember that's a song from the original. And like it wants you to place like the characters and like the story and the emotions that you had watching the original from the original onto this one. So it doesn't have to do that work like for itself. And at least with this movie in particular and a lot of the other, like this movie and Batman vs Superman, it does a lot of the same in terms of comic material with, with really the point of the Joker killing Robin. And like the whole thing was like, like, why did you send a boy wonder to do a man's job? And Bruce Wayne dealing with the death of Robin, which a Robin we haven't even seen that we haven't yeah. even met. Like, why like, am I so supposed to care? Like, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the, and this is about Snyder as a director too, but he just puts things into the movie because he wants to, even if they don't really make sense for the moment or the movie at present at all. And really that's what the whole nightmare stuff has been reading off as to me where like he just wants to put it in because it looks cool. And all the moments of like dark side, like looming over Superman over Lois's dead body, like that has nothing to do with the movie going on now. It's just something he wants to put in because it's a striking image. And we, as people that are familiar with like comics lore and like these different stories, we're supposed to attribute our feelings towards those stories onto this movie even though the movie by itself it has it doesn't make any sense like we're not like how are we supposed to care watching the movie on its own about this dead robin that we haven't met no it relies on us knowing that there is a dead robin because of comics right yeah that's that's a really good point because it's like um he he expects you to like understand this and and that's fine like i like it when a director you know is like you know the audience is smart they'll figure it out but that's because you know that's that's what he's doing is different than that though what he's doing is i i hope you've read these comics i hope you you know because like imagine going into this and you know absolutely dick all about comic books you'd be like or like look you know and this is a fantasy world where someone doesn't even know who the fuck batman is right And, and they watch this movie they'd be like what you know where like i feel like marvel does not to make this like a a marvel dc pissing match but like you know it's hard not to talk about marvel when we're talking comic book movies um but like marvel kind of does that that sort of thing too where they're like hey this is a direct scene from the panel but they're like but it also makes sense in context of our universe and we're not we're not relying on this to tell our story where it just conveniently fits into our story where he's like i'm relying on this imagery to tell my story and i hope you understand it um but then but then he like deviates away from the source material anyway and it's like dude i don't even understand what the fuck's going on like it's it's very confusing push and pull with snyder like the scene the the scene that came to mind when you brought up like bringing elements from comics that fit nicely into movie is spider-man homecoming when there's that part where he's like under all the wreckage and like he wants to give up, he's like, no, like and he lifts the wreckage out from underneath him, like from, from over him. Like that scene is very similar to that very famous comic scene where the same thing happens, but the context of the two scenes is very different. Right. It just, it's, it's the same moment or even stuff like the Hulk being on like a gladiator world, like being planet Hulk, like it's different than it is from the comics, but like, it's cool to see. Right, they recontextualize it. Right, and you know, Snyder can and and maybe I I I don't know if you're ready to get to this point yet because I I kind of want to talk about like the uh, you know restore the Snyderverse people. Uh, Yeah, but like uh, Snyder keeps saying in interviews, like I've I've listened to a few interviews with him since he's released this. And, you know, he he's, keeps talking about like, oh, yeah, I had plans for two more movies, you know, one where uh, we go into that hellscape and we finally see what that hellscape's all about, uh, the dream world. And then the final movie would be where you finally get to see Superman as like Superman. And it's like, oh, OK, like that sounds intriguing, I guess. But like, 
dude, you had three movies. Like already, you want us to wait. It's, you want us to wait for like five movies to see Superman be Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty presumptuous that you would think that you'd get five movies to do this. Like you most expect people to like go along with you for five movies to get like just bare bones Superman. Yeah, and like Nolan only had three. I'm sure they would have let him do more, but like Nolan had three movies and he told a full story. Like yeah. mo- mo- most people think in trilogies, right? Like. One, two, and three, yeah. right? It's it, it's so weird because now he's he's doing this thing where he's like, yeah, I wanted to do my Justice League trilogy, and it's like, bro, you have a trilogy and you fucked it up. Like this is, yeah, like you fucked it, dude. Like Man of Steel was like Skybeam, Batman v Superman, Martha, and then whatever the fuck this was. Like the, I I don't dislike Snyder. Like I, I think he's a talented cinematographer and like has really cool visions but like like he's a cool he's a good filmmaker just not a good storyteller right yeah it, dude if he had like a partner like like if it was him and nolan because where, where i think nolan kind of lacks is in some of that like interesting framing and like like cool cinematography because yeah. I, I think nolan a lot and I, I may get a lot of hate for this but i i, I feel like nolan just kind of like half asses it sometimes when it comes mm-hmm. to framing and stuff, but he's really good at telling a story. And like, yeah. that's, that's what he's all about. Where like Zack Snyder's the complete opposite where this dude like just sucks at telling a story, but like he, his imagery is just like out of this world. Like if those yeah. two partnered up, like I feel like, like they co-directed a movie, it'd be the most kick-ass movie, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like that has the potential to be a really good movie. Yeah. And I know they're friends. What I'm saying yeah. is you guys should listen to me and fucking do that. <laughs> that'd be sick um how do you how do you feel about the restore the restore of the uh snyder verse uh like you said he's had three movies and especially like especially Batman member superman it underperformed so yeah. from a business perspective it's not really feasible well and even man of steel like underperformed yeah yeah exactly they both made their money back but it's like they, they weren't the the big monster yeah. hits that they wanted. And it's like Batman and Superman, like these are, these are bigger than, you know, like not, not to bring it back to Marvel, but like Marvel is making more money than Batman and Superman with guardians of the galaxy, which was an unknown property by most exactly. people, you know, yeah. like this should be a no brainer. Like you're getting free, uh, marketing just by it being Batman and Superman. And on top of that, you're kind of hurting the brand by continuing to make this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, oh, what was I going to say? Like, yeah, just like they underperformed and like the movies being continually as divisive as they are and the like, causing this much uproar. I don't know if Warner brothers really, wants to continue on that like i i much rather they do continue what they are doing where it's like different like isolated universe stuff where like people where like directors have much more of a stamp on it like the batman i'm really excited for the batman yeah yeah i am too but and like the side squad but like do you think that they might restore the snyderverse because i i think what's and maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's like after they released this movie on HBO Max, I feel like the numbers were really good. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone's kind of praising Snyder, except for us, apparently. <laughs> and, and and even we're like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just today or yesterday, this week, they announced that they're canceling the New Gods movie they're canceling the trench movie which was supposed to be like a sort of spin-off of the aquaman movie yeah um do you think that's like as a as a result of this and they're like maybe we should kind of uh revisit these snyder movies i feel like they will but not in the way we're probably expecting maybe as like kind of like continuing this like hbo exclusive stuff Hmm. where like hbo like premiere snyder dc movie or 
like even a show set in the Snyderverse, kind of like how Disney Plus is doing like Marvel and Star Wars shows. While in the theaters, like the more like the movies that general audiences are more able to latch onto, like The Batman and The Suicide Squad, which seem very self-contained, those get like the more theater treatment. Yeah, well, I I, I think if they're gonna do it like that, though, they're not gonna get Snyder. Um, yeah, because they're not gonna pay him what he wants to get paid, and like the the deal he has with Netflix, you know, like I, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be hard to pull Snyder away from that unless they're like, hey we want to give you back the Snyderverse and they're going to be like big theatrical runs. Um, I, what I, I, I don't really see that happening. I, I don't, I don't either, but like also I don't fucking know. DC is always making weird decisions. Like they're always doing the, the most unexpected thing where, you know, like we're, we're getting like a green lantern movie and then we're getting a Batman V Superman. I, I don't know. Like it's so they do weird things all the time. We're like we're yeah. still in the the height of the Snyderverse, and we get a Joker movie. You know, like it's so yeah. weird what they do over there at DC. So, and and it seems like it's just so poorly managed because I I know like um they had like uh what what was his name Jeff Johns yeah who, and and he was the head for a while, but before him they had someone else, and now I think they have someone else on the head, and like they're constantly. Oh, they're constantly like shuffling out these people. And like, I know also, I think like DC is in its own like production company. It's all just sort of under Warner brothers unlike Marvel where it's its own branch at Disney and like Kevin Feige is the guy, you know, they don't have a guy at DC. That's really like what the main divide is in terms of Marvel and DC, how their content is managed. Like Marvel is Marvel studios underneath Disney where DC is like Warner brothers making stuff with the DC IP. And there's right. maybe someone in charge of like brand management and like storytelling. There's not like a DC studios. There should be. Cause it's honestly wasted potential. If they don't like there's, you know, there's, there's like a hundred years of, of back catalog to go off of here, just like Marvel. Yeah. And they were really smart to use it. I, I think DC should do the same. Now here's an idea. I've got an idea. Here's what I want the future and this this doesn't need to be like the future of DC, but I want this future DC movie. Okay, Kong versus Godzilla just came out. Okay, yes. Now, now, now hear me out. Okay, we get a Flashpoint paradox movie or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, where you know we get ripples in time, and maybe that's how they can explain away all of this stuff. Where it's like this is in World Two, this is World One, the Snyder world. And this is in a different world. And then we could have all these branching continuities if they wanted to, which, which is fine. DC is known for this shit. Like they've done this in the comic books forever. Um, And that's fine. What I want is one of those branching realities. I want Ben Affleck's Batman to get sucked out of his fucking reality and put into the Kong and Godzilla uh reality and i want a i want a batman v uh godzilla movie or a batman v kong movie (laughs) or where batman well yeah but like it's batman (laughs) using his his brain powers where he's like i gotta figure this out how do i get through it (laughs) yeah i think ultimately it would be that but batman's a smart man and and you can make it you can make something cool and interesting (laughs) out of it or maybe you do Superman. You, you throw Superman over there. Superman okay, versus that, Kong. Now you're talking. Yeah. Well, I feel like Superman would just fly through Kong's belly and just make him explode. Like if Kong, if Godzilla stepped on Superman, it'd be like us stepping on a nail. That's true. Yeah, Godzilla versus Superman might be pretty fucking cool because also it's like Superman is trying to defend the city, and yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm into that. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. I, that's what I want. That's what I want the future of DC to be. But I do know there was like a Godzilla Batman. There was like a, a a Batman Kong comic book like forever ago, and I want to see that. I want to see that movie. That sounds yeah. awesome. What do you think? What what, what what's your uh, future DC? What do you want? Uh yeah, really, just like. Oh, I had a really good point. I was going to say. Oh, I'm so but, sorry. Yeah, cut no, you off sorry. with my stupid Kong tangent. No, no, it was great. Like my <laughs> life is my life is enriched with the image of Godzilla Kong. 
I mean, Godzilla, <laughs> Superman, Kong. <laughs> yeah, but um, ultimately, yeah. I do like, oh, I, I just remember the point, but I do like um, the route DC is doing now where it's like, oh, they're more director oriented and like, they're not all exactly in a big continuity because like you don't really need this big interconnecting thing to have people latch on to these characters. We're, we're like for a while, the MCU was like, Oh, Iron Man. Like I love Iron Man. Iron Man was a great movie. And then Thor comes out like, Oh, it's in the same universe as Iron Man. I like Iron Man. So maybe I'll like Thor and then so on, so on, so on. Like, Oh, the Avengers. Awesome. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, it's kind of weird, but it's in the same universe as Avengers. Like, okay, so really the interconnected universe for MCU worked to the benefit in order to like hold people's hands and to introduce them to all these more obscure characters. Where DC, you don't really need to do that. It's Batman, it's Superman, it's Wonder Woman, it's characters that like everybody knows. Like, even, yeah, even the Flash and Green Lantern and yeah, exactly. Martian so, Manhunter, like these are characters that everyone knows already. So like, you don't exactly need like interconnected universe to like introduce people to those characters. We just want them to like be brought together, which right. I guess is what Snyderverse, the Snyder Cut, really did. It's just like Snyder himself is just kind of making it difficult, like to make it feel gratifying. But yeah, just like I really just like the future of DC, just them putting out these movies and that them being good and not worrying about being interconnected because they've been doing a piss poor job at it so far. So they just, just stop it and just make the movies you want to make. What I, what I always liked about the, uh, the justice league cartoon, which is so kick-ass. Yeah. I, I, I fucking, oh, I love, yeah. I love the animated series, the justice league animated series. So good. Yeah. But that's DC at peak. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like one of my favorite things about justice league, the animated series that I think Snyder actually kind of nails in this version of it versus the, the, uh, justice league version, uh, is that you always feel like those dudes in the animated series are on point. Like these dudes are on point. They are powerful. These guys are not to be fucked with. Like these are the dudes. And you kind of get that sense in this one where it's like, these guys, these are, these are superhumans. Like these are, which is also why I think like justice league works really well when they're doing space stuff. Yeah. They should really be doing space stuff. Uh, not earth stuff because yeah. Earth Earth stuff is for Batman. Earth stuff is for Flash by himself. Space stuff yeah. is when you get all of the Justice League and it's like, okay, now we've got fucking Superman throwing planets at dudes and 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 the Flash is making tornadoes out of fire and like you and, know, and like Batman's using like very smart missiles to like launch at like hordes of parademons yeah. or something. Bat- Batman is Alfred basically in the spaceship you know he's basically the informant and yeah yeah because yeah. he's the tacticianer yeah so i i do like that but yeah and dude there's so much good source material right there with with those animated yeah. series it's like you should just exactly. look at those and like that's what you can do with your your live action series you know i know you hate yeah. the idea of animated things being turned live action but uh, no like for, for an instance such as this where like they're both based from comics like i'm behind that yeah like it's it's not it's not taking the live animated and making it live action to make it more adult to make it better it's that the animated did so did so much good that like you're you're learning from it like you're attributing the great storytelling. I mean, Harley Quinn is a great example of that. I mean, like we wouldn't yeah, even like have that character. Cre- she was created for the animated series. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, and uh, I, I think like what what people think of when they think of Batman now, it's not sixty six Batman, it's not eighty nine Batman, it's not even Christopher Nolan's Batman. What people think of when they think of Batman. They think of the animated series Batman. Like that's that is Batman. Yeah. And like, maybe I'm biased, but I really do think people are like, yeah, that's Batman. No, yeah. like that is definitely my Batman. And that like kind of like Batman in the animated series is like base Batman. That's like my Batman ass Batman. 
mm-hmm. but that Batman in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, that's like Batman at his prime. That's like top tier, like Batman will fuck you up, Batman. I th- I think if they're going to continue the Snyder Cut, what they need to do is they need to jump like 20 years and they just need to do uh, uh, Batman Beyond. That's what I think they should yeah. do. Yeah, for sure. If they want to continue this universe, just be like, all right, we're ending the universe with Batman Beyond, and that'll be a kick-ass ending, you know? No, that would be sick. But um, the point I wanted to make earlier, it's just like, it's a, it's just a really bad look for DC and how they're managing and putting out these movies that they are. That like, even even just now so far in 2021, Marvel put out a serialized like streaming TV show starring the Scarlet Witch and the Vision going through different eras of sitcoms and going to like multiverse, like, like kind of as a big story to deal with like grief with these like characters where like a witch and a robot man. DC just now put out a Justice League movie that people kind of like. Right. Yeah. Which which is something we should have gotten like years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We should have gotten that like directly after uh, Nolan's Batman movies. Like we yeah. should have gotten that Justice League movie. Uh, like we were ready not that for, no, not we that Nolan, not that Nolan should have directed it, but like they could have, they could have continued using, they could have even continued using Christian Bale. I know Nolan would have fucking hated that and would have been pissed about it, but like yeah. I, I don't know. There, there was pretty good foundation there. They could have just continued with that, but I know Nolan would have been pissed. I'm sure it was more of that was probably more a political thing because I'm sure they wanted to. But Nolan's like, I will leave Warner Brothers if you do that. If you yeah. desecrate my creation, I'm they sure to keep on good terms with Nolan, so that he can yeah. still be in their stable, making like Inception and like Interstellar, and yeah, Dunkirk yeah. and Dunkirk. Tenet and all that. Yeah, but, well, and also I'm sure like getting, I, I, I imagine Christian Bale is like, well, if no, if Nolan's not doing it, I don't want to do it. I'm yeah, sure exactly. that was another thing as well, but but <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, I'll do it. Like, I'll be last, Batman. The last the last movie said I was going to be Batman, so I'll be Batman. <laughs> I'm Robin. <laughs> <laughs> like Robin's my real legal name. But um, the point I was going to say is that after watching the Snyder cut, I kind of felt the same I did after watching the Joss Whedon cut, and that this is cool. Like this is this is good. All right. Like, I would have been way more mystified by it if this came out, like, in the early 2010s or in the late 2000s, where, like, this kind of big superhero, like, a super superhero movie on this scale, or even a team-up movie this scale, was still new, was still novel. Like, there was still a marvel to it, where now it just seems kind of passe, where, like, we've had this before with the Avengers movies, and now Marvel's doing more, like, twisted stuff like you got thor ragnarok and just like the into the spider verse and everything like stuff that's far beyond far batman beyond far beyond what this justice league movie is yeah and i think what dc is doing now and and it's it's smart in a way but also sort of like i don't know if it's the best move for them moving forward but seems like they're pushing forward with it is um they're 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 aiming for a more adult audience now and they're like that's yeah. our that's our demo now yeah, our adults yeah, even the Snyder cut that's rated r like i there's there's literally a scene yeah. where where wonder woman crumples a dude just and there's just blood on the wall it's like okay and, there, and there's okay that's that's what i was going to say earlier the like a standout scene from Snyder cut for me well which added to the r rating when um Amber Johnny Depp beater heard was fighting step was beating step was fighting Steppenwolf like in Atlantis and there's a part where like she like sucks all the water and like blood from his face oh yeah like, that scene was fucking cool like, like that was metal as fuck yeah but, that um, was cool but what was I gonna say what I, were we talking I, about before? oh yeah the adult audience yeah where yeah it kind of makes sense that like a lot of people that have a strong affinity for Superman and Batman are people like around our age that are more familiar with them with like justice league cartoon and animated stuff that like yeah. we're more and DC is more inclined and has done a lot of strong stuff being more like aimed at adults with like 
the Dark Knight Returns and like Watchmen stuff like that. Killing Joke. And, yeah, exactly. So the idea of like DC doing like R-rated, like skewing more towards adults, like that's exciting. That's cool. But something there's part of me that still feels like kids can like Batman. Kids do like Batman. And like kids yeah. need someone like a Superman, which I guess they do in Captain America. And and I think them skewing more adults is cool. Like I, I'm I'm excited for that new Suicide Squad movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'm pumped for that movie. Like that movie's gonna be cool. Um and the fact that it's rated R is I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, but, same. But like I think as far as just like maintaining your brand and you have to remember like your brand is superheroes like yeah this is this is for kids man and like um i we talk about the the comic book boom of the 80s and then yeah. the sort of downfall of comics in the 90s and i think a big part of that was comics started heavily skewing towards adults and aiming itself towards adults and the adults that wanted it kept going and they kept buying it. And then as they got older, they got responsibilities. They started having kids. They're like, I'm kind of over Batman, you know, like it's kind of, yeah. I'm kind of over this shit. But then their new audience, because you have to think about that too. And why comics have stood the test of time is because it's for all ages, really. Comic yeah, books should be for all that's ages. What makes, that's what makes Batman being in a movie possibly rated R a lot more striking. Where like, oh, I remember watching Batman as a kid, and now this is like R-rated Batman. So, like, I gotta see it because. If, but if you always keep something like Batman as rated R, it just becomes like John Wick. Yeah, which John Wick is cool. Don't get me wrong, but like, there's more to Batman than just him being just an R-rated like noir. Yeah, and there's 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 a whole conversation to be had here because it, it is such a slippery slope. Like, uh, you don't want to take away from someone's like artistic vision. Like, maybe their vision yeah. is like uh, a more R-rated Batman story, but like an R-rated Superman just seems weird to me. But like, um, um, but like even with like Marvel now, like, uh, not to get too spoilery, spoilery, but like, did you watch the new episode of um? A Falcon, Falcon. Winter Soldier. Falcon. And I've Winter only watched. Soldier. I've only watched the first episode. I've been wanting to watch it with um, the boys. That, but we've been kind of slow on the draw with that. Okay. Well, I won't spoil anything. But there is like some crazy action scenes. This this show is much more action oriented than, uh, Wandavision, and that's yeah. for sure. And that's kind of to be ex- expected. Really great stuff in there too. Uh, but it, it it's kind of like a weird thing where like. There's a lot of death, but the, it's all like a dude gets a knife thrown at him and you see the knife like hitting him and then it just shows his back, you know, and it's like, mm. I see what you're doing. And like, there's still a lot of death in this. It's sort of like this weird sort of gray area. Like there's a whole question to be had about uh, censorship and, and, and stuff. Like it's, it's because they feel like they have a lot more levity because it's like a show, like a week to week show that like well no like this is still very much they're doing that because it's pg-13 right yeah where where they're cutting away from the mm-hmm. actual deaths and they, they've done this in marvel forever but like they're really pushing the limit now um no, like even from the one episode i saw where like there's the whole beginning fight with um falcon trying to oh yeah yeah there's like oh there's dudes like being thrown into canyons or like just free falling like like that man is dead yeah yeah and there's a lot more to that where it's just like a dude gets shot in the face but it cuts away so it's okay you know and there's a lot of that shit so it's like that's that's sort of weird too but like also i guess that would happen i i don't know it's so weird uh but marvel when they're like we want to do a rated r thing they're like hey well yeah okay we'll do it with um daredevil who's kind of from his inception was a more r-rated uh, comic book hero, like even we'll do it with Deadpool, so he can make like all these kinds of jokes and be like gory, be like torn in half and stuff. Well, well, yeah, Deadpool is because like I think if you're gonna make like a Deathstroke movie, I think that makes sense too. Like an R-rated Deathstroke movie makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
um, like the name with the word death in the name. Yeah, yeah. And, and the word struck. But like, you know, even Daredevil, the the blind guy, he, even from like his early stuff where uh you know, the the Born Again series, that's a very R-rated series and that's that's yeah. way back from like what is it like seventies when that came out? So like that, that you know, sounds right. Th- there's there's always been some R-rated stuff in these comics, so it's it's kind of this like push and pull is of like I want I want to be able to watch these. I don't have kids, but I want to be able to watch these with my kids. But like I I can't watch that with my kid. And but yeah. like also it's like I want to see these movies be more explicit i don't know this is like a whole conversation that i i think a lot about and i i don't know the answer and seemingly neither does dc because yeah uh they're they're constantly experimenting and like joker they they really pushed it with that one i think yeah uh, right so, you see a man you see multiple get shot in the face and you see them shot in the face yeah because that's not like because like even deadpool it's like that's cartoony like sort of like violence that's like, like video you- meat grinder stuff yeah that's that's like that's like video game violence where it's like that's just stupid where like joker that's more like a a psychological sort of r rating where like that they they really push it with that one but i really like kills his mom with like the pillow over her face yeah yeah that's like way more like um you know like a like a like a kubrick sort of thing yeah uh uh well i guess it's sort of that movie's so much like taxi driver i mean let's let's not Mm -hmm. kid ourselves but anyway that's that i went a lot longer on that tangent than i had anticipated but like it's something something i think about a lot like it's like and and i feel like we've been getting this like r-rated batman even though nolan's batman wasn't r-rated i definitely think it was skewing for an older audience Um, yeah so like i feel like we've been getting this like older version of Batman, you know, since 2000, what, six? Is that when Begins came out? 2005. 2005. So like, uh, you know, almost 20 years now, we've been getting this like adult version of Batman. I'd love to see a more, you know, just kid-friendly Batman on screen again. Like, yeah, I, we, but, we've but, but seen not it. Like, but not like, not like Schumacher like kid friendly yeah like, more like like burton's you know and and you know what like even like schumacher but like not just like with a plot that makes sense um and for, for a lot of people like an r rating means like oh you could do a lot more like darker stories and a lot have a lot more like introspection and like very like harping stories like true i guess but like like i guess but like you don't have to do those things like just in an R rating, you could do those things in like PG or PG thirteen. Yeah, we see it in like, Pixar movies like the, all the time. Exactly, in Pixar yeah. movies in like the animated series. Like, there's a lot of like hard hitting storytelling in the animated series that I cannot, for the life of me, imagine them doing in like a DC live action movie. Like, there's some like there's that one episode in the animated series with um I forget her name, but like Robin finds this girl and like tries to save her. And like falls in love with her. It turns out she was part of Clayface. Like she was like a split off consciousness from Clayface, and then like she gets absorbed back into Clayface, and she's essentially dead. And yeah, like well, you're uh, not you're not you're not going to see that in a movie. Yeah, well, and even like the the Joker stuff, where like he he puts the Joker face on those people. Like that's still a very striking image for yeah. a kids' show. Like that, I, I yeah. that still haunts me. <laughs> but, that would honestly be a bit more horrifying to see in a movie like Joker or like the Snyder movies than just, Oh, he shot him in the face. Right. Yeah. Just and seeing like, like this really like cool, like makeup done where just someone's just like, that would be intense. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying though, is like, we've seen the dark introspective movies now and it seemingly we're getting another one with the Batman, which I'm very excited about. I'm excited to see what Robert yeah. Pattinson brings to the table. Yeah, but like I'd kind of like to see a little camp brought back to Batman, you know? Yeah, like not I, too much because we've seen what that can become. Yeah, not the '60s sort of camp, but maybe or, or a little. Or Schumacher. Yeah, maybe even a little bit of that stuff, though. You like know, the, like, again, the animated series has the perfect amount of camp. I agree. Yeah, because there is some like stupid lines 
like, like my aviary of doom like there's yeah. still a lot of theatrics and like yeah like grandeur in there but there's still a lot of introspection and like mood to it yeah i just like to see something done differently it just seems like everyone's trying to do nolan's batman exactly again exactly and it's like like that's I, I, really what has made me sour about christopher nolan's batman and like the dark knight is that not so much the movie itself because i like the movie fine like it's i love the dark knight it's, it's one of my favorite well movies yeah it's just a lot of people learned the wrong lessons from it so like like afterwards we got the amazing spider-man which is trying to be like a dark knight for spider-man where it's about like the dark untold story and like <laughs> that's true like every, everything's color graded and like lit more like edgy and like realistically and like like just darker and yeah i feel like even the mcu for a while there was yeah doing that like age of ultron stands out to me as them, yeah them really kind of getting darker with it uh but still throwing in those like really awkward weeding jokes i, I don't know <laughs> but yeah. now now it seems like like marvel has really found their thing and it, and it's not dark at all but they hit on dark tones um, yeah like civil war like civil even wandavision where it's like there's a lot of funny stupid shit in that show but it's a pretty heavy show you know yeah. like ultimately like there's some heavy shit going on in that show um so i don't know i just like dc to like like and your your central force doesn't have to be batman either you know yeah exactly you don't have like, to start batman's with batman. like the poster boy but he's not like everything like you shouldn't set your tone around batman batman's yeah, like the outlier of the tone of the dc universe in my opinion yeah don't make the mistake that a lot of people give the mcu like flack for where like everyone has to be connected to tony stark somehow like oh like spider-man is just iron boy now or like like even in wandavision like oh like there's a part where like it's the tony stark missile like don't which i i, I don't see a problem with that like i well, still see them as like their own but that like, was a, that was already a thing in yeah Civil but War, like so. it, it was it was mostly with spider-man where people were like oh spider-man is now too much rooted into like like iron man's whole lore that yeah like I, I really don't want like you said dc to kind of base everything around batman tonally yeah well and, and i think that was the problem with uh man of steel where um they really wanted man of steel to be super they wanted it to be chris nolan but superman you know chris nolan's like, batman the, the but fact superman. That they called it man of steel like how dark knight was called the dark knight right yeah and uh but like it's true though with the marvel universe as far as like tone goes john favreau really kind of set the groundwork for that entire universe yeah. at least at first it's definitely gone off the rails now i think like guardians and thor ragnarok like they're like okay do whatever you want now but like yeah. even still to this day like that tone of where iron man started off like this is kind of our this is our flat line this is baseline this is reality this is what reality looks like we could get weird with guardians and, and thor but even with um uh that show uh falcon and winter soldier it's kind of back to that baseline marvel like this is the tone of the yeah. of the series where like man of steel you started your tone and it's like this gray scale and like super dark and depressing and it's like do you really want to start out your series on like that that's your tone like because that's what you, that's what you have to do going on because even a movie like shazam which I, I like shazam it's okay it's not my favorite movie ever but like Shazam is a more jokey, funny movie, and like the premise is ridiculous because Shazam is just a ridiculous character. But yeah, because he's like one of the first like ever DC heroes. But because it's set in that Snyder verse, or at least they wanted it to be. They they never mentioned it again. But yeah, they wanted it to be. So it's still got this like grayscale to it. You know, it's still got this sort of dreary look to it. And I think mm -hmm. it's because it's set in that Snyder verse, and it's like we have yeah. that's that's our that's our baseline you know yeah which i think that's what they what the studio wanted the joss whedon cut of justice league to do to like 
be like their new tonal reset because like Shazam feels a lot more in like the tone of like that Joss Whedon Justice League than it does like Batman vs Superman. Yeah, that's and, and so does Wonder Woman 19, 1984. Yeah, yeah, that movie sucks, man. <laughs> now, yeah. the the thing I always think about with that movie is um Pedro Pascal like acting his ass off trying to be like like I want to give you everything I want to give you the whole world my son and the son's like okay dad okay dad yeah, sure. I, I I I want you home dad <laughs> uh any final thoughts uh yeah Jared Leto is just not a great joker like ryan makes a good point that like a lot of time he just leans towards like jim carrey like in suicide squad he's like oh this hunga hunga and um like there's a lot he, he tries to read like it's jim carrey sometimes and it's kind of weird and yeah yeah we live in a society um something <laughs> Something I kind of not so much miss, but was always in the back of my mind watching the Snyder cut that was in the original cut was when Steppenwolf, which was Steppenwolf is a lot cooler in this version than the original one, because the original one, it just felt like the same villain from Wonder Woman, just like a dude in a helmet. Well, this one is like he's like a dude in like full like suit of made of paper clips and he's like a big monster guy. And pretty eyes, though. Yeah, he does like. Like you see the the emotion and like the, yeah. the sadness in those eyes, but anyway, um, I just want to stare. So that him. one, yeah, he's a lot more threatening and more monstrous. While the other one's just a dude. But in the original cut, he kept talking to the mother boxes, calling them mother, like mother. I will find the other boxes, mother. Which he didn't do in this cut, but I kind of wanted him to. But like mother, I found the boxes. I think what I was most disappointed about uh, this this Snyder cut uh, is he took out the line, "So I hear you talk to fish." <laughs> he took that yeah. out, you know, and that's that upsets me. That's that's a good trailer line. Yeah. So I hear you talk to fish. <laughs> I I also don't know why why Ben Affleck just sounds like Nick Cage throughout this entire movie. He really does. It's just like <laughs> I hear you talk to fish. Talk to hey baby girl <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh that's the review that's that's all i got i, I got yep. nothing else to say Same um, here. make sure to check out the other stuff uh people listening watching um i'm yeah. sure like I, I don't know if i'm pointing but like like comment and subscribe <laughs> hit the bell <laughs> down here Hit the, hit, bell. hit the bell to be notified whenever there's a new video. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably be back for uh, the series review of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I imagine. Yeah, I, I imagine we'll be doing that. We've got we've got another thing planned out. I'm still in the process of watching it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll take me a minute, but I'll get there. I'll get there. Sure, just take take your sweet time. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.